Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. A little later than normal, but we do welcome you into another edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We're starting a little late this week because of the Billikens Coaches Show that you just heard with uh, Bob Ramsey and Slew Billikens coach uh, Travis Ford. You'll hear that on Monday nights moving forward from 6 o'clock to uh, 7 o'clock through the duration of the college basketball season. It was a really good sports weekend. I I enjoyed sports this weekend more than almost any other weekend that you have uh, during this time of the year. I'm a baseball first guy, so I'm always going to uh, enjoy things during the summer a little bit more. But when you think about what happened this weekend, the Blues, uh, they wrapped up a four-game road trip, and they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. They're go, it's that roller coaster season. They go through periods of good and periods of bad. Uh, right now, they seem to be in a period of good. They win three of four on this road trip. They get a 3 nothing. Shutout win against Minnesota yesterday. Now, a little bit of bad news coming in today as uh, Doug Armstrong has announced that the team has placed defenseman uh, Robert Bertuzzo on IR. It's just that kind of year. Injury after injury after injury. And uh, it's. I, I was about to say you give them credit for fighting through the injuries. I don't know how much fighting they've done in just in the sense of what their record is, but at the same time, They've actually played better since the injuries to Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. And let me be clear, like that's not a that's not an indictment on those two guys. I think that's something that happens in sports where you lose a player or two due to injury and all of a sudden everybody is able to kind of lift their game up. And I've said this over and over and I'll continue to say this. The question about this team and right now it is the single biggest question that exists for this team is how they are going to, um, if they're going to be able to sustain the level of play that they have right now, or are they going to regress again? Because, again, as a player, as a roster, as a group, you can lose a couple key players to injury and all of a sudden feel like you've got to lift your game. But are you able to sustain that? And we, we don't have the answer to that yet. 
But the answer to that question probably will determine whether or not this team finds their way into the playoffs or not. We'll talk. uh, Scott Warman's going to join us in uh, just a bit. He's going to be with us this evening at about 735. And we've got a lot to get to with uh, Scott, including the Blues. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on in addition to talking some uh, Cardinals, some college basketball as well, including a slew in the Valley, which uh, Scott is uh, very, very involved with uh, there. Speaking of the Cardinals, uh, John Mozalock had some interesting comments that he made uh, to Tom Ackerman during sports on a Sunday morning. And we're going to replay a couple of those for you, and I'll give you my thoughts. There was a lot of attention to what Mozalock said in terms of expecting another big move uh, this offseason. So we will get into that coming up uh, later on here uh, in this program. And if you missed those comments that were made, we'll play back uh, some of what Mo had to say uh, on Sunday morning. And then I'll certainly give you uh, my thoughts on that. also wanted to touch on the NFL really quickly. It was a really, really fun NFL weekend. And I don't know how you are, how you handled the NFL. I'm not a huge NFL guy just in the sense that I don't have a team. I like the team the Rams are playing every week. And uh, outside of that, I don't really have a dog in the fight. But it continues to be an incredibly compelling product. And I thought the NFL weekend was nothing short of spectacular. First off, the really, really, really good news of the day is that DeMar Hamlin was released from the hospital in Cincinnati and he was transported back to Buffalo and he is going to continue his uh, recovery in uh, in Buffalo. So in a handful of days, he goes from his heart stopping on the field to being able to get out of the hospital. And I don't know what the prospects are for him ever playing in the NFL again right now. That is very much a secondary topic, but we all came together and we're all hoping for the best for this guy. Um, and, and just to see that he's been able to get out of the hospital as quickly as he has, that's a really good story. On the field, for a number of reasons, I thought it was just a spectacular weekend. It started on Saturday night with the Jaguars beating the Titans, and the Titans were supposed to be a whole lot better than they ended up being this year as they finished at 7-10. and 10. To put that 7-10 and 10 record in perspective, they at one point in time were a 7-3 and three team, and they never won again for the rest of the season. They, they just fell apart. They absolutely fell apart. And you had the Jaguars, who... Anybody who will listen, I will tell you that if you're running a pro sports franchise of any type, whether it's a professional franchise, whether it's a college program, whatever, if you are a team, a program that has been struggling for a long time, the answer is to go just find somebody who's solid. You don't try to reinvent the wheel. You don't try to swing for the fences. You just go find somebody who's been there, who's done that, who's going to go make sound decisions. And the Jaguars of the last two years are a perfect example of what happens when you do do that and what happens when you don't do that. Clearly, the Jaguars have struggled for quite some time. Last year, what do they do? They hire Urban Meyer. Complete failure. Total, 100% complete failure. Then this year, what do they do? They hire 
Doug Peterson is our head coach. Veteran coach, has been there, has won a Super Bowl, just a solid guy. And it helps that they're in a bad division. It helps that the Titans just completely fell flat on their faces. But the Jaguars just slowly got better as the season went along. And it got to a point where they played themselves into essentially an AFC South championship game on Saturday night. They win that game against the Titans, and the Jaguars are into the postseason. And then you get to Sunday, you have the Bills getting the win, and they start out scoring a touchdown. That was a great story. Uh, Bears fans are super happy. They lose their game to the Vikings. And then the Houston Texans, coached by former Bears head coach Lovey Smith, who probably knew going into that game that he was going to get fired after the game. He plays for the win. He goes for two at the end of a game after the team had been trailing the Colts. They go for two, they get it, they win, and that hands the overall number one draft pick to the Bears and not the Texans. So Bears fans were super happy about that. Lovey ends up getting fired. The Texans continue to be just an absolute mess. Each of their last two coaches have been given one year and then were fired. And a sidebar on this, the NFL has a really hard time uh, with giving African-American and minority candidates much of an opportunity. It's a really bad look for the Texans when they have back-to-back black coaches that they give one year and then are done, and it feels like those guys were never given the opportunity to coach for more than one season, that they almost got hired to be fired. So you have that go down. Um, I was bummed for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have been playing really good football here recently, and they needed a couple things to happen. They did not get the Dolphins losing to the Jets. So the Steelers, who had a great finish to their season and then beat the Browns, uh, they just missed out on the playoffs. So if there's one thing I kind of lament about the way things are going to go in the NFL playoffs this year, I would have loved to have seen that the Steelers could make uh, just a little bit of a noise. And then for me, probably the game that was most entertaining was the Sunday nighter with the Lions and the Packers. And to see a game for the Lions that didn't really mean anything for them, they were eliminated from postseason contention earlier in the day. And then the Packers in a win-and-get-in spot for the Lions to go to Lambeau Field and get that win against the Green Bay Packers. And the way that they played late, a hook-and-ladder play late in the game, I think it was a second-and-16, and and then going forward on fourth down uh, instead of kicking a field goal and winning in that kind of way. The old cliche is that fortune favors the bold, and that's what we saw from the Lions. They were quite bold at the end of uh, that game, and uh, they were able to get a win, and they knocked out uh, the Packers, which was kind of fun to see the way that went down. And now all of a sudden we go into an offseason where we don't know what's going to happen with the future of uh, Aaron Rodgers. So just a, it was a fun NFL weekend. It was a fun NFL weekend, and the playoffs uh, begin uh, next weekend. We'll have some of those playoff games for you right here on KMOX. All right, when we return, we are going to hear from uh, John Mosellock. We'll play some of uh, the interview that he had with Tom Ackerman on Sunday morning, and then I'll give you his thoughts on what he had to say. That's up next. This is Sports Open Line on a Monday night on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Wednesday night, it's men's Billikens basketball action as they take on George Mason. Pre-game 647, tip at 7. Hear the game here on your home for Billikens basketball. Bingham OX. Sports Up Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, taking you until 8 o'clock this evening. A programming note for you, our countdown to opening day show, which generally runs on Wednesday nights, but sometimes runs on Thursday nights. Well, this week it's going to run on Tuesday night. We've got Slew Billikens basketball on the men's side on Wednesday and on the women's side on Thursday. So Mike Claiborne and myself will be coming your way tomorrow night from uh, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock for countdown to opening day. Speaking of the Cardinals, President of Baseball Operations John Mosellock appeared on uh, Sports on a Sunday morning with uh, Tom Ackerman. And he had a number of things to say that I found to be pretty interesting. There was one thing in particular that got a fair amount of coverage. Let's go ahead and uh, listen in to, uh, to this bit. So this was uh, Mosellock talking with Tom Ackerman uh, yesterday morning and uh, really getting into what can be expected for the rest of the offseason. You know, one of the things that, that you know, we did have an opportunity to increase payroll, which it will be higher than what we played at last year. So that's, that's fact one. And, and number two is, you know, just because you have resources, you're not just going to go spend it wildly on something that you know, doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we, we knew what we had to accomplish this offseason. We went into it with, with the hopes of doing it. Um, and then as, as other things presented itself or, or unfolded, it just didn't get to the point where we were excited enough to, to necessarily do it. And, you know, that might, you know, depress people or disappoint people, but, you know, my responsibility is, is to uh, um, adhere to the franchise, adhere to ownership and, and do what, you know, we think is best for, for putting together a winning club. And, you know, I, I do think we're, we're all, we are in a unique situation, maybe relative to other teams where we do feel like we have some, some emerging talent, up and coming talent. And, you know, we just don't want to, to go down a path where we don't create that opportunity and then regret not having that opportunity for individuals um, as we enter 2023. All right. So a few things there. First off, it doesn't feel like that was received overly well. And I'll tell you one thing that I struggle with. I will always be open with you on where I struggle. And this is one area that I, that I, that I do struggle. Social media does not represent the masses. Like I sit there and I look at Twitter, and then even before Elon Musk was involved, 
the penetration of Twitter and how many people actually have have a Twitter account, it's it's not that high. And the people who have Twitter tend to fall into a certain demographic. So we sit there and we look at Twitter, we look at social media, and we feel like that maybe represents the thoughts of a fan base, the thoughts of a group, where it might not. It might not. So I, I always do try to remember that when I see the reaction. And and I, I love callers. I love it when you call in, when you're listening, when you want to add to the conversation that we're talking about at the moment. Like, I love that. I think that's fun about sports radio. But to be perfectly honest, there's certain types of people who tend to call sports radio and certain types of people who don't. And if you are upset about hearing that from John Mosellock, you are much more likely to call into a sports radio program than if you go, huh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> thanks for the call. <laughs> There's just not a whole lot to whole lot to say there. So I say all that to say this. I think this Cardinals roster is still incomplete. But I also don't think it has to be complete by the time opening day hits. That's the first thing. They can let it play out a little bit and see what happens and see see if Tyler O'Neill gets back to who he was a couple years ago. See if Lars Newtbar can continue to do uh, what he did for most of the second half of the season this past year. See if Nolan Gorman is able to take a step forward. See if Jack Flaherty is back to Jack Flaherty of old and is going to come out of camp healthy. Like All those things are question marks that could go in either direction, but if the vast majority of those things go in a positive direction, it kind of changes the needs of the team. And it let, let's sit here, and I think it's really easy right now to say two areas on the roster that look like it could need improving is a big left-handed bat and top of the rotation pitching. Well, what happens if you use all your resources to go after one of those areas and then turns out that really wasn't an area that you needed. So that, and and the other thing is there's just not a whole lot available right now. I, I never, I think there's people out there who just want to see a team spend for spending sake. Well, look at how much money the Mets are spending. Look at how much money the Phillies are spending. Look at all these contracts that the Atlanta Braves are throwing out. Look at the payrolls of the Dodgers and the Padres. Look at all this. They got to keep up. Well, you don't keep up just by throwing money around. You keep up by using that money wisely. And that doesn't mean being cheap. That means making sure you get value for your money. You look at the Wilson Contreras deal, without a doubt. Without a doubt, they got value for their money. Uh, There are a lot of high-paid players on the team, and they are getting value for that money for the most part. So... I've never really agreed with the idea that there's some people out there that just want to go see them spend money just to spend money. That's not where you do it. You spend money, you use your assets, whether the assets are money or whether they're trade capital, whatever it might be, you use it when something presents itself and something might present itself. We'll have to wait and see. Again, I think the roster is a work in progress. Uh, John Mosellock might disagree with me saying that, which is fine. The other thing is... I think they really, really, really believe in Jordan Walker and maybe to a lesser extent or maybe maybe not to a lesser extent, but not as an urgent extent, if that makes any sense, 
Mason Wynn. Because you go sign an outfielder or you go trade for an outfielder and you still have a Dylan Carlson and a Lars Newtbar and a Tyler O'Neill on your roster after that move is made, even with the DH, that just lessens the ability for Jordan Walker to have the chance to come into spring and win a job. And I think they want to leave that door open. They're not going to hand him a job. I still think it's probably less than a 50% chance that he breaks uh, camp with the team, but probably not much less than 50. If I'm, if I'm just throwing out numbers, I'm probably saying, you know, 45, 40%, somewhere in there. They're going to give him that opportunity, and they believe in him as being somebody that's going to be an impact bat, and they don't want to adjust the roster in a way that makes it harder for him to have that opportunity. When you look at the shortstop market, they're not going to go hand out a five, six, seven, eight year contract when you have a Mason win that's a year or two away. Now, does that, if something crazy were to happen where all of a sudden you could go acquire a shortstop and get them for a year or a year with a club option or even two years with a club, you know, player op, what, one of those then maybe that makes a little bit more sense with the shortstop market than it does uh, with the outfield market. But they've 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 got a shortstop. I mean, Tommy Edmond is going to be a very solid shortstop. I still go look at his numbers. Go look at Dansby Swanson's numbers. Go look at how much money Dansby Swanson's being paid. Go look at how much money Tommy Edmond's being paid, and you see just why spending all that money for a shortstop, you're not going to get your money's worth when you have a Tommy Edmonds sitting there on the roster and he's going to give you production that's very close to some of these shortstops and is going to cost you a whole heck of a lot less. So that's kind of my takeaway. I still I I would be pretty surprised if a move involving a core member of the team is not made prior to the trade deadline. And I'm not even saying that's not even impossible that that happens here in the off season. But it does feel like they want to go to camp. They want to give guys opportunities. Give Tyler O'Neill the opportunity to bounce back. Give Dylan Carlson and Lars Newtbar the opportunities to, to be the players that you thought they were going to, to be and for Newtbar to really continue that. See if Brendan Donovan can, can, can build on his very good season. What, what does Nolan Gorman do? Can he be a guy who's going to get a lot of at-bats at that DH spot and provide a, a fair amount of pop? There's, there's, there's a lot of questions there. Some, and they've got those, they're working to answer them. And you bring in somebody else, you might not be able to answer those questions quite as easily. One other thing, uh, this is, uh, we'll play this before we uh, get to break. And again, you can uh, check out the entire information, uh, or excuse me, entire interview with uh, John Mosellock by just headed to uh, KMOX.com. Go to the Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page or uh, the Odyssey app, always a good place to go. Uh, but one other uh, note from uh, Mosellock during his conversation with uh, Tom Ackerman. Well, I think it'll be an exciting one to watch. Um, you know, it'll be sort of interesting to see how these guys we picked up. Um, we definitely added some velocity to, to the to, to the bullpen. Um, now the key is is going to be can they throw strikes? Um, you know, is it just a straight ninety nine or does it have movement? But that'll be something I think that we can watch as as camp unfolds. But you know, overall, I, I think you know it's going to be a competitive cl- uh, camp because. Even though we kind of know the, the certain positions that are that are set, you know, first base, third base, um, you could argue shortstop. 
but it's still going to be where those guys aren't in camp. So a lot of these younger guys are going to get an opportunity to play all over the place. So I I think it'll be a a fun one to watch and uh, certainly looking forward to it. That was Mosaic starting by talking about the bullpen and then kind of going into some of the competition that's going to be going on uh, during the course of uh, spring training. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to be joined by uh, Scott Warman. You hear him, uh, you see him as a studio host on uh, Valley Sports Midwest. He does play by play for St. Louis University basketball on TV and also uh, the Missouri Valley on TV. And uh, you hear him here on KMOX occasionally as well, including in just a moment or so. Scott Warman joins us next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice. Kansas City, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, taking you till 8 o'clock this evening. As always, if you want to ever chime in on anything that we talk about here on the show, maybe you're listening to it uh, on the podcast, KMOX.com, the Odyssey app. Find us on uh, the Sports Open Line podcast page. You could tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And, uh, yeah, we'll extend the conversation no matter when you happen to be uh, listening to the program. As we do uh, continue on, though, we're very happy to uh, welcome onto the program. I always refer to him as uh, adjunct faculty here at KMOX. You hear him uh, occasionally. <laughs> he is uh, Scott Warman, joins us uh, right now here on Sports Open Line. Hey, Scott, how are you? <laughs> I'm feeling old now, but I'm great. <laughs> but no, I'm happy. You know, I've told you this before. I'm so proud of you to get the opportunity to come back home and be at KMOX. You and I were at KFNS when you were interning way back when you were in high school. Yeah. And just to see people like yourself that have interned or people at Linwood that I've helped out throughout the years, I'm just so proud of all of you. Your hard work has always paid off, and oh. that's, it's awesome to see. Appreciate that very, very much. Let's talk a little bit about the Blues. They had a nice road trip, winning three out of four, get a shutout win yesterday against Minnesota 3 nothing. I guess my question is, it's a normal thing if you lose players to injury for everybody to kind of lift their game, but it's hard to sustain that for a long time. Do you feel like this group of players can recreate the effort that they had on this recent road trip and, and continue that on moving forward? Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, it's a great point, Matt. And the big thing for the Blues right now is they're home for seven straight. They've had a lot of road games, but now we just find out uh, here early this evening that uh, Robert Bertuzzo has now been put on the injured reserve list as well. So the list grows as far as defensemen are concerned. I mean, they're going deep into the roster of their Springfield AHL team to kind of fill the bill for uh, defense. But, yes, you would think that uh, you can hopefully sustain this you got seven games at home, then a few on the road before you get this long break uh, for the all-star break, and then you get an extra uh, a few days as well before you get going on the second weekend in February. So that break might be coming at a perfect time where you come back and you might have you know, some of your guns rolling by then, uh, Matt, but right now you're trying to just keep your head above water. I was impressed with the team last night. I mean, you think about, yeah, they, they got – hammered in the third period with all kinds of shots on goal and you knew Minnesota was going to come after it but you look back at the second period only three shots on goal given up against the team that's very good especially at home in Minnesota and you're talking about you know a lot of young guys Santini coming up Tucker getting uh, his fourth game uh, playing some defense uh, on the blue line as well obviously tons of minutes for Falk and Pareko as well as Mikola uh, but yeah I would think that the Blues at least for the short term 
can sustain this, and hopefully you can get some guys back sooner rather than later, especially at the blue line. It's fun to see which guys are stepping up, and one of those guys is Brandon Saad, career-best four straight games scoring a goal. He's been amazing, uh, and he's one of those guys, you know, we were talking about it last night on the postgame show that he's kind of under the radar. You, you just don't notice him. He's won a Stanley Cup with the Chicago Blackhawks, moved over to Columbus, was a very good Colorado team uh, before he became a free agent, and, and Doug Armstrong signed him. Uh, kind of more of a third-line guy, but obviously propelled up to one of the top two lines. But I think more than anything else that impresses me, Matt, is the fact of his ability and what he brings to the table to the team on special teams. Uh, he's great, especially in front of the net on the power play. But uh, I, I really like what he does on the penalty kill. I, 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 one of the things I think and aspects of the game that – I like to see more of from the Blues, and you really see it when when Saad is out there with Barbashev on the penalty kill. They're very aggressive. They don't sit back, especially when they're playing catch at the blue line between the two defensemen when they're on the hunt on attacking the blue zone. And those guys have, uh, you know, just get after it, put the pressure on the puck, and and try to force a turnover. And a lot of times we've seen that. Tech, we saw that. Uh, a few weeks ago in a Sunday game against the Colorado Avalanche, and Saad gets a uh, a shorthanded goal against the Avs, against his former team. So I think Saad has been uh, just a terrific addition to the team, again, an under-the-radar guy. But he's going to give you at least 20 goals. If you look at his numbers over the years, he's going to give you at least 20 goals. But I think he can play in so many different aspects of the game, like I mentioned with the special teams, that he's just he's a huge bonus for this club. You talk about the injuries earlier, and it's just one of those years. We see this happen in sports. You've been around sports a long time. For whatever reason, there's some seasons where injuries just keep coming, and a lot of fans try to find blame, and sometimes there's no blame to go around. It's it's just happening, and you try to deal with it, and that's kind of in the place the Blues are in right now. They really are. I mean, you think about it started back in training camp when you had Scott Perunovich, who's one of their highly touted uh, young defensemen, has a lot of skill and a lot of speed uh, at the blue line, can give you a lot of offense. He gets hurt again. And then you turn around and Marco Scandella, who's a guy you try to get as one of your shutdown defensemen on the defensive end, paired up a lot of times either with uh, uh, Colton Pareko or Robert Bertuzzo. So right out of the hop, you, you lose two of your guys. And I know those guys are starting to skate now, and we haven't gotten an actual uh, confirmation on time-wise when they can return to the lineup. But you do that, and then you also get a guy in, in Tory Krug who had a four-point game, uh, four-game point streak uh, before he became injured right before the Christmas break. So you're right. <laughs> no pun intended here. The card of the Blues just can't catch a break. And, uh, you know, you hope that, uh, like you said before, that they could just keep uh, plowing away here. I, I think Callie Rosen has just been absolutely spectacular. I, I think he's really opened up some eyes. And even before these injuries mounted here the last couple of weeks, it's uh, been pretty amazing to see what Kelly's done even when given an opportunity uh, here with the team. Hadn't played a lot of games before he came over to St. Louis, second year with the team, uh, but has provided punch not only offensively, but has handled things on the defensive end as well. Let's switch gears, talk SLU basketball. You've been doing the games on uh, Valley Sports Midwest, a a Saturday win against St. Bonaventure, 78-55. I think you can argue that maybe that's their best performance since the Auburn game outside of the free throw shooting in that loss. It really felt like they finally started to put some things together. 
I agree. Totally. And, you know, you especially think about what's the team's psyche losing a guy like Fred Thatch Jr. I mean, he truly is the glue of this basketball team. And he can do so many things, little things that keep your team together. And you could you get definitely see where the team would be down and sour and really upset that they lost one of their key cogs, but that wasn't the case. They came out, started out a little slow, but then they really picked it up midway through the, the first half. And then I know what was creeping in a lot of Billikens fans' mind is what they saw on our telecast right before Christmas against SIU Edwardsville, where they couldn't make any free throws and they couldn't, you know, put away the Bonnies like SIUE when they had as much of an 18-point lead, but they did on Saturday. I think it was a gutty performance. And I'll tell you what, Matt, I, I think what needs to be uh, brought out, and I think we'll do this uh, on our telecast coming up on Wednesday on Valley Sports Midwest. I'm sure you guys will have a slew game on KMOX as well against George Mason, is Yuri Collins and his defense. On Saturday, Daryl Banks, uh, the, the top scorer for St. Bonaventure, was the sixth leading scorer in uh, A-10 play. The previous two games in A-10 play to open up the season for the Bonnies, he had almost 60 points combined in the first two games of the regular season. Then they have a field goal against Yuri Collins. So we talk about the assist and how he's such a great playmaker, and rightly so. But Yuri is a much better defender than what I think people are really giving him credit for. And I, I really hope that people start to realize what Yuri's also doing on the defending end for Slew because this kid is – he really is a special player. Scott Warman is continuing to join us. You do a lot of stuff on the Valley as well. You look at uh, both Southern Illinois and Missouri State, each team out to a 4-2 and two start in league play. But Southern Illinois is really putting together a solid season, 12-5 and five overall. The only team that's got a better record than either of those teams is Indiana State in league play at uh, at 6-0. and oh. But there's a lot of reasons to be excited really about both those programs. But let's start with the Salukis. Yeah, Southern has done an exceptional job. You know, Brian Mullins brings back. He's one of the guys, uh, a few guys, the coaches in the league that brings back a, a number of players from last year because of the transfer portal. We see so many new faces with so many teams in college athletics, and I, I picked them either second or third to finish uh, in the regular season uh, in our preseason poll in the Missouri Valley Conference. But you got Damask, you got Lance Jones, who have been fantastic. I think one of the biggest things for Damask who start out. Uh, so hot for them is the fact that he's healthy. He's been dealing with injuries, and now that he's at 100%, and he's winding down his career down in Carbondale. He's really put on the Jets, so to speak. And I think they're also getting some good play from Malia and others uh, inside as well, getting that inside presence, which actually opens things up for the guards like uh, Damask and, and Lance Jones. So, yeah, I think Brian Mullins is a team that, uh, the Salukis are going to be right there in the thick of things all the way to the end. They've suffered a tough loss on Saturday against uh, Northern Iowa. But uh, since the McLeod Center has opened up, Maddie, uh, up in Cedar Falls, 15 contests between Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois, and the Salukis have only won twice mm. out of the last 15 times at the McLeod Center. And you go back and you look in through that 15 years, there's some really good Saluki teams, especially in the late uh, 2000s before you get to 2010. They were on that team, but Ben Jacobson has just cast that spell against the Salukis up in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I always think about Ali Farokmanesh because when I was broadcasting yes. Juco basketball, I think he was playing at Kirkwood Community College in Iowa, and I was doing a, another Juco in Iowa, and I saw him play Juco basketball, and then a year later he's just setting the world on fire there. 
Yes, he did on the front page of Sports Illustrated. And trust me, buddy, when you go up to Cedar Falls, you still see pictures of Ollie's shot that knocked down the Kansas Jayhawks. He's still beloved in Cedar Falls. Uh, Missouri State, the record to, to start league play. I mean, they've played kind of the bottom half of the league, but they've picked up wins. And uh, there's a lot of guys on that roster to be very excited about. Absolutely. You know, Dana has brought in basically, like I was just talking about with the transfer portal, uh, almost a whole new team with a couple of exceptions. I know talking to Dana before the season started that, you know, he's really excited about Donovan Clay, who started his career with Valparaiso, now with Missouri State in his second year. And I think Donovan is starting to get more comfortable there. Now he has a leadership role. He was just kind of a role player last year when they had Paige Grimm and uh, Gage Prim and they had uh, Isaiah Mosley. Now Mosley moves on to Mizzou. Uh, Gage, uh, he he uh, graduates. And so now Clay is the guy. And, and Dana told me, he goes, look, I, Scott, I really believe that Donovan's a guy that could be a player of the year in the Missouri Valley Conference. We're starting to see him take off. He's a great defender. But then you add some of these other parts to the team that are starting to come together. And I think that's one of the things that now that we're over two months into the regular season, Matt, especially with all these teams in the transfer portal, you're going to see better chemistry. You know, some teams just had the chemistry from the get-go, even with so many different new faces and transfer portals, that it, it for whatever reason they had the magic. But a lot of these teams, it's taken a little time. And I think if Dana would tell you, probably – it's taken a little time for his team to get the chemistry, but they've been playing really, really good basketball over the last couple, two, three weeks. Last thing for you on Sunday morning here on KMOX, John Mosellock told Tom Ackerman essentially that uh, they they may not make, don't expect another big move this offseason. They made their move with Wilson Contreras, he, um, and that's kind of where they're at. It feels like in many ways this roster is still a work in progress, but it could continue that way into the regular season. There's nothing stopping them from evaluating the needs in season and making a move there. But uh, what was your takeaway from what Mo had to say, just in kind of cautioning the fans not to expect more this offseason in a big way? Well, knowing Mo for a long period of time, he that's, he's always going to be cautious because he doesn't want to pe- get people's interest peaked. I shouldn't say interest. We obviously know there's tons of interest, but get their interest peaked that there might be a deal coming somewhere down the pike and then everyone gets disappointed. Now, does that mean that Mo and Mike Gersh are not out there trying to make deals to even better this team for 2023 than what we see with the roster as is? Uh, You'd be crazy to think that they're not. They are. They're always trying to constantly improve the roster, but Things are easier said than done when you're trying to consummate a deal. Let's look at, you know, the Nolan Arenado deal. That was a very complicated deal that took some time. Sure, the word finally got out that this deal was going to be made, but it wasn't officially made for what was it, Matt? It was almost like two weeks, if, if memory serves me right, before they officially made the deal. And even Mo at the time said, look, there's a lot of different variables to this deal, so while it's technically done it's not you know there was the financial situation there was the players that were involved so yes i'm sure there's a lot of cardinal fans disappointed that you know mo told aki that look you know don't count on it but he's not 100 percent saying that there won't be a deal done i think you know we just taped a show that'll run on valley sports west on uh, Thursday night, myself and Brad Thompson, uh, just we do a weekly show, a Cardinal show. It's at 5 o'clock, and we were just discussing the pitching staff 
And Mo, or, uh, Brad and I were just discussing how one of the things I think the Cardinals obviously realize is the fact that you, know, you only have one pitcher starter that is locked up after this season. Now, you might be able to get an extension with Miles Michaelis, go on with other players, but right now you're looking at only one starter, Steven Matz, that's right now signed through next year. So that might be something the Cardinals are looking at, that, hey, we might have to sign somebody a little bit longer term since we only have, you know, right now one guy signed for the 2024 season. Obviously, you want to look at 23 and what can help you. I think the one thing that Brad pointed out when we taped the show today, Matt, was the fact that I think, and we've seen this, other people have written about it, is the fact that, you know, the Cardinals may be looking for somebody that's more of a strikeout pitcher because I think there's a lot of concern, and I'm sure you've discussed this several times on Sports Open Line, is the fact that, you know, you got a lot of contact pitchers, but, of course, now guys aren't able to have three guys over in the right field side of, of second base or three on the left field side of, of second base. So with all that, I think there's a concern that maybe some of the pitch-to-contact guys might not get as many outs as maybe they have done previously. Mm-hmm. But I still think with the Cardinals and what they have defensively in the infield, I don't think you're going to see that much of a change. Uh, and that, that's just my personal opinion. I just think that you have, you know, at least three gold glovers out there when you have Tommy Eppen out there, and you know, whether it's Paul DeYoung or you've got uh, Donovan or Gorman playing second base, but when you got Goldie and, and Arnado at the corners and, and Tommy Eppen somewhere in the middle of the infield, You've got three, at least three quality infielders, and I just don't think, in my personal opinion, that not having the shift is going to be that big of a deal for the Cardinals. No, I agree 100%. He is Scott Warman, studio host on uh, Valley Sports Midwest. You see him uh, doing play-by-play all over the place, including with uh, SLU Basketball and uh, Missouri Valley Conference occasionally. You hear him right here on KMOX. Scott, always appreciate your time. We'll catch up again real soon. Sounds good, Matty. Thanks, buddy. Scott Warman joining us here on Sports Open Line. You hear him all over the place. You see him all over the place. And uh, we're very appreciative that he took some time with us tonight. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of the program. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Just a programming reminder for you. Tomorrow night, we'll have our weekly countdown to opening day show. Mike Claiborne and myself will come your way from 6 to 8. Generally, we have that show on Wednesday. Sometimes we even do it a day later on Thursday. But it's a really, really busy week this week. Billikens men's basketball coming up on Wednesday here on KMOX. And then we will have Billikens women's basketball on Thursday. Uh, We had the coaches show tonight from... Uh, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. I really thought SLU played as good of a game as they've played in quite some time against St. Bonaventure on Saturday. That 78-55 win. That was an impressive victory. And the idea here right now is to... Um, you know, accumulate as many wins as possible, uh, play the best basketball you possibly can, and put yourself in position to make some noise in the A-10 tournament and try to win that thing and get to uh, the NCAA tournament. Missouri basketball, so uh, they went 1-1 one one this past week. It ended up not hurting them, taking a loss in the rankings. A lot of people really believing in this program. So they had that loss against uh, Arkansas early last week, 74-68, certainly did not... Um, 
did not embarrass themselves playing on the road against the number 13 team in the nation. And then they were able to hold off Vanderbilt this past weekend, 85-82. No movement in the AP poll. They stay put at number 20. And then in the coaches poll, they actually move up a spot. They go from number 21 to number 20. And uh, speaking of Missouri athletics, this is really, really cool. Uh, Jeremy Macklin. He is going into the College Football Hall of Fame, being voted, being selected uh, for induction into the 2023 Hall of Fame class. He becomes the eighth former Missouri Tiger to be inducted, and he also goes in one year after his former coach, Gary Pinkle, went into the College Football Hall of Fame. So that's really, really cool well-deserved honor for for sure for him, man. He was so much fun to watch in uh, college. Second year on the ballot, and he gets in. So congratulations going out to uh, Jeremy Macklin. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Tomorrow we'll talk to you with Countdown to Opening Day. Mike Claiborne and myself will have you tomorrow 6 to 8. We got a lot of fun things on tap. Looks like a uh, current Cardinal is probably going to join us on the program. Don't want to give away too much, but just be tuned in tomorrow and you'll be able to hear it. We'll talk to you then here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.